Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's good? What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Hog Saving Podcast, powered by SB Nation. You can find us at hogsaving.com, at hogsaving on Twitter, and on Facebook. I am your host, Molly Maul. Small Force, you can find me on Twitter at Let Maul Tell It. Do not forget the you. Listen, man, you know why we're here today? Final game of the season. My apologies for no podcast on Friday. Uh, I got tired of some things. I did not anticipate it um, and resulted in no show. I apologize. But we are here to do one last, one final instant analysis, instant post-game reaction for the Washington Commanders of the 2022 season. Um, And to be honest with you, there's nothing on this earth worth talking about outside of two things the first one you guessed it sam howe the second one will kind of i'll save that one i'll save that one for when we get into the conversation so let's go ahead and dive right into it obviously as you all know um i am actually recording this immediately for those who don't know I, i record these things within like an hour hour and a half of the game actually ending i have two podcasts i have the trapper dive and then hogs haven um and today I am within like the game just ended within the last 15 minutes. <laughs> so so I'm recording it that soon. Um, and, and, and the reason of me saying that is sometimes I may miss some information because it's immediately after the game. Sometimes I may not have all information, like depending on what coaches or players say or some things that I miss. But here's where I'm at. Y'all know why we hear Sam Howe, man. Um, Washington wins 26 to 6 over Dallas. Uh, and look, I'm not gonna lie to you all. Sam Howell looked good. Um, when you compare his situation or his performance to Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke, there's several questions that pops up into anybody's head. Any any logical human being's head, there are some questions that pop up, right? Um, and before I even get into my 
uh, take on Sam Howell's performance. Um, I want to get through some comments. So what I do after every game um, this year, uh, I pose on Twitter a one-sentence takeaway from today's game. Uh, And let me go ahead and run through some of those responses, particularly related to Sam Howell. Give me two seconds. Hold on one one second y'all hold up all right okay so let's go ahead and see what we got for sam howe and these responses because i know it's going to be juicy i know it all right commander bates responded we have a quarterback um edwin edwin stimson said um, Ron Rivera and Scott Turner were too prideful to start Sam Howe, even though he was the best quarterback on the roster. Let's see what else we got. James Smith said, should have let the kid throw it more. That vanilla run-heavy attack was lame. Um, Dan Commando, it will be an interesting offseason for quarterback discussion. That is true, Dan. Um, that is very true. Um, Deontay, give Howell a full offseason. Um, where else are we at? Um, 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 let's keep going. Oh, LPZ, LPZ2 said, should have started how 10 weeks ago. He said 10 weeks ago. Essentially, we should have started that man in November, late October. Okay. Um, where else are we at? Fire Scott Turner and start Sam Howe next season. Uh, Washington Greg, uh, at G Sykes 34 said that. Um, where else are we at? Where else? Where else? Where else? Um, still drafting a quarterback in the first first if one falls. Um, Will do said do from DC. J.R. Walker running back next year with Howell in a revamped offensive line. Um, let's keep going. Let's keep going. I want to make sure that we get all of the Sam Howell comments um out of the way so we can get some perspective from the fan base on sam howe let me go ahead and go through the quote tweets vic said sam howe he gave one he gave two words <laughs> a first name and a last name um and there we go let me see if i got any more yet okay all right there we go so this game all together man um i want people to know like i thought that sam howe was impressive um I thought that Sam Howe, and, and the reason why I want to say he's impressive, I want to emphasize the fact that, look, he went 11 for 19, 169 yards, one touchdown, uh, one interception through the air. He had one rushing touchdown, um, took three sacks, uh, lost 11 yards off the three sacks ultimately. Um, and, and again, those numbers altogether, 169 yards, not impressive. Um, going 11 of 19 on the day is, 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 is pretty impressive. He made, he made a couple big-time throws um like obviously the go balls to terry mclaurin uh down the sideline understanding the coverage understanding that terry smoked his man <laughs> um and giving his guy a chance in rhythm in step like that's within the timing i think if i was here wednesday um we talked about it wednesday if not on trapper dive i don't remember they kind of get uh murky um but uh i think the biggest thing and we kind of talked about it and, and the coaches and, and sam how acknowledged it throughout this week was that they wanted to see his footwork they wanted to see how he progressed in that aspect. They wanted to see um, how he was reading the field, like how quickly was he getting the ball out of his hands. And I think for Sam Howell on that pass to Terry McLaurin, that was his first read 
Um, I would love to see what the all 22 looks like to see like what he was reading. I, I would imagine it's the safety and how far the safety was off and understanding that Terry had to step on his, his cornerback, knowing that he can give that uh, he can give Terry a, a chance there. Um, but point being, when I talk about footwork and seeing some of those things he has to improve on, you don't make that threat, make, make that step if you aren't in rhythm. Right. And, and he made that throw uh, off the top of his, at the top of his drop, um, giving Terry a chance and, uh, hit him in stride downfield, uh, a deep ball, man, for 50 yards. Impressive, man. Um, the curl route to Jahan Dotson, um, selling the, I mean, Greg Olson said it best, selling the speed release, right, getting upfield, uh, outside release, but then throttling down, route, uh, tempo, tempoing your route to, to make sure you, you're back on that curl, creating that small separation, but the ball is right there as soon as you turn around and, and show face to the quarterback. Um, that's another one that's in rhythm um, and, and within timing of the offense. He had a, a, a mid slant to um, Jahan Dotson on a slant flat combo. I think that was like on a, a third down as well. Um, and a couple a couple more slant slant options, like some big time throws for Sam Howe in his debut. And I, and I think, again, remember when I mentioned like 169 yards is not a big deal. And, and But going for 11 for 19 and having those 169 yards and having some some critical throws in the game, um, I think that's important, uh, especially in a, in a game where – you know, your, your, your team rushes it for 41 yards. You're not going to throw it that much. If you have, excuse me, 40, not 41 yards. If you have 41 rushing attempts, you're not going to have that many passing attempts. Um, and I want to get down, get to that towards the end of the game. Uh, we'll, we'll have a slight conversation on that, but ultimately, uh, when you look at Sam, how today, um, understanding the, the questions and concerns leading into this week, like, is he ready? Uh, there was like Ron Rivera, his his gut instinct before somebody changed his mind and told him that Sam Howe should get the full game start was to start Taylor Heineke for a half and then give Sam Howell a chance. What would that have done for this team if you didn't give Sam Howell a full game sample size? And if you were going to run the same exact scheme, same exact uh, game plan and approach to Dallas that you were going to run with Taylor Heineke, which they did, why would you start Taylor Heineke? Sam Howe is probably going to get seven or eight pass attempts in the second half. Right? Again, 19 pass attempts. Split that up. Probably going to get uh, seven or eight pass attempts in the second half. You're not going to see that many because you're running it 41 times. And if you eliminate five of Sam Howe's carries, again, like we talk about in the air, Sam Howe was improvising on, on the ground too. He had some designed runs like the RPO that, that went for the touchdown, um, like having a quarterback with that type of vision in the red zone is lethal. Um, that's a very, that's an additive bonus to your offense. Um, somebody who can, you know, get things done on the ground by himself is just as critical as a person who has to thread the needle in the end zone, in the red zone, um, i.e. His, his interception, his one turnover was in the red zone and um, Dallas was able to take away points because he didn't have the touch on the, on the pass. Um, he he knew there was a certain way to throw that that pass and, and he got a little timid and um it came up short and, and essentially right into the hands of the Dallas defender. <clears throat> so um taking that into account, um you you kind of understand that like Sam Howe has ways of getting the ball in the end zone. Again, this is one game. And I I, I read all of those tweets to kind of reel that back in. Sam Howe had a good game. Sam Howe had a good game for what he was going up against. A lot of people thought that this Dallas defense was going to eat him alive. Um, a lot of people uh, assumed 
because of what Ron was saying, because of what the coaches were saying, because what some of the concerns were with Sam Howe, that he was going to be a sitting duck back there. Um, the only way you get that opportunity, the only way that you really get to see who this person is after 16 weeks of not playing him and having him serve as a backup or an inactive player on your team, right, and being concerned that he wasn't developed yet, was to get him in the game. And to think about it like this, Sam Howe played solid, right? At the very least, he played an average game. At the very least, he played an average game. My thing is, when you look at the type of game that he played, right? Hold on one second. Where is, um, let me pull something up for it. Um, do I even have, um, I don't think I have. Okay. All right, here we go. So my thing is for the the last game of the season, right? And waiting that long, um, how it didn't look lost or underprepared or, or I'm excuse me, I say underprepared. Um, unprepared. Um, it wasn't the right, I mean, the wrong time to put him in. So like, if, if you <laughs> aren't able to see that as the coaches, I don't, that that's concerning as well. Like there were so many red flags that, that, uh, Ron Rivera said that he wanted to go with Taylor Heineke to start the game in the first half yet. Um, t- Sam Howell looked, uh, completely prepared for the moment, completely ready for the moment. He didn't have like an outstanding game, something similar to Jared Stidham when he broke out in his debut, right? But at the end of the day, he looked like a guy who was capable of handling what the coaches were asking him to do. And to what level or what degree they insulated Sam Howe, I don't know. I don't think I'll know that just uh, right now talking to you all um, and and thinking about Sam Howe's performance. I don't think I would know that. Um, But at the end of the day, he answered the call in which coaches were trying uh, to to really prepare him for and, and against a Dallas defense who came into the game, I think a top 10 defense, maybe even top five defense overall. Um, actually, I was wrong. <laughs> top six in points, but uh, top top 13 in, in yards. Um, but but obviously a pressure defense. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like they they provide pressure um, and, and Sam Howe was able to navigate that uh, in a decent manner. Um, some of the sacks he took were bad. But at the end of the day, um, first game exposure, uh, it was I think there was more good than bad coming out of Sam House performance. Um, he even had some some misses as a passer as well. And, um, you know, we'll talk about that down the line. And um, yes, for those who are listening and those who follow me on Twitter, you will see some breakdowns of Sam Howell on there. Um, the good and the bad. Um, I, I don't need any of you all who, re- who overreacted when I put that the Taylor film out there, both good and bad. <laughs> To come at my neck because Sam Howe's gonna get that same treatment that he that Carson Wentz did and that Taylor Heineke did. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I like what Taylor. I like what Sam Howe did in his in his debut, his rookie debut. Um, there were several other instances that, um, throughout the game that surprised me. Uh, and if we transition to uh, the defensive side of the football, look, they forced ten three and outs against the Dallas, uh, for the Dallas Cowboys defense. I mean, that Dallas Cowboys offense. Um, nine three and outs that resulted in a punt. Ten three and outs where the third third down, uh, one of the third downs on that tenth one was a pick six from Kendall Fuller. Defense hooped. Um, and, and my the frustrating thing is, like, Ron Rivera said flat out, you know, we're playing to win. They, they, they accomplished their mission. I'm not here to criticize the head coach uh, for trying to win. I, I'm not going to do that. What I will say is, What's more frustrating is that 
Um, they put their all-out effort into whipping the Cowboys' ass, which they did. And yet you were dead on arrival against a Cleveland Browns team who came in here just a week ago um, and really looked worse than you all. <laughs> so you finished the season 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. Um, You leave a lot of fans upset. Um, you leave some fans optimistic and you and you're you leave some fans even further convinced that your coaching staff needs to go. Um, you don't do yourself any favors whooping the Cowboys ass like this. Um, and and I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm saying you don't do yourself any favors in the way of um, yes, like beating your divisional rival is always good. Yes, ending the season strong. Um this particular season strong and that particular season in which you are in strong is always good. Right. Um, but ultimately now you want a game that doesn't matter. Um, and in the, in the grand scheme of things, you are looking at, uh, a seating in the draft selection that ultimately may hurt you. Like, imagine if you wanted to trade up for a guy, right. And I'm not saying like tank or lose out. Um, because I, again, you can't knock a coach for trying to win. You can't knock the players for trying to finish the season strong. Um, but ultimately, um, the, the the way in which you kind of prepare for a game, right? Uh, I don't know even how you would tank. I think that is an impossible feat. But for you to go all out in the effort in which you did, right? I don't know who, who that was for. Like, was that for yourself i'm talking about like in the foot of the coaches was that was going all out in week 18 was that for yourself like did you want to end this this season uh at 500 like did that mean a lot to you did that getting that eighth win mean a lot to you or were you doing it for your players because if if you were doing it for your players that's one thing what did it teach them i don't know i don't think winning in week 18 taught them anything If it taught them anything, it taught them don't go 0-3-1 and, and, and put yourself out of the playoffs before your last game of the season. Maybe maybe that game means something at that point. If you don't go 0-3-1 uh, before the Week 18 game. But I don't know what you were doing it for. And that's kind of that's my point. Like, um, I, I wouldn't suggest tanking. I wouldn't suggest coaches sit here and say they're trying to lose. But my thing is um, the intensity. Uh, that should have been there in against the Cleveland Browns on both sides of the football. Um, I think that the, the way in which they performed against the Cleveland Browns is going to leave a, a, a bitter taste in a lot of those people in Washington and Ashburn. It's going to be it's going to leave them a bitter taste in their mouth. I um, mean, some of the fans are going to be even more frustrated with how they perform today um, off the fact that they look dead against the Cleveland Browns and embarrass themselves against the Cleveland Browns. Um, so, yeah, shout out to the defense for playing well. Shout out to Sam Howe for really generating a solid quarterback conversation. I want to be clear with you all though. Um, and, and another thing too, like late in the game, and this is where I was getting at. Um, this is a, a, a real criticism. Uh, what are we running the clock out for? <laughs> um, you know, commander's got a short field to late in the game to, to work in the red zone after a defensive personal foul. I think after the play um, and commanders run it four straight times with Jared Patterson milking the clock down to two seconds before snapping it each and every time just to kick a field goal. The season is over. 
why are you kicking the field goal? Why are you settling for the field goal? Like it was their mind was made up. You can tell because there were no adjustments at the line. There were no checks. It was just straight up. We're going to go ahead and run. Find your assignment. We'll go ahead and keep it like that. Keep it pushing. There was nothing that indicated they were trying to pass. And my thing is, again, with the season over, you have Sam Howell back there. Why on God's green earth are you not attempting to pass the ball in the red zone with Sam Howell? Give him more exposure. Give him more opportunities in a game in which he won't see the field for another um, eight months or seven months, technically, because of preseason. I don't know what the future holds for Sam. Um, I don't. Uh, again, I I read those comments in the beginning of the show to kind of give you all a glimpse of what some of the people on Twitter are saying and some people on social media are saying about Sam Howe. Um, But ultimately, uh, you got to remember to stay even killed with the situation. Um, Some fans aren't going to do that. Some media people aren't going to do that. And and I'm not against Sam Howe having an opportunity to start in Washington. I think there were scenarios that would allow that. Like that would allow the coaching staff to say, okay, we can entertain how as a serious contender for QB one, if he hits this metric in the game against Dallas, whatever that metric is, right. Or if he doesn't hit that metric, we look for QB one. Or if he hits the metric and we're totally convinced and he, sh- and he shoots past that metric, whatever it is, we're going to go ahead and, and run into this next year in 2023 with Sam Howell as QB1. I don't think he blew I don't think he blew away the metric whatever it was, but I do think he hit the metric. Um whatever that number is, whatever those numbers is for Washington given their game plan to run it 40 plus times, whatever that metric was, I think that Sam Howell did good enough that he's going to come into 2023 as a, a contender for QB1. I think that's the safest way to say it. And for those who are jumping the gun, um, I think we need to scale that back a little bit. I think we need to understand that one game is only one game. Um, and I said, like, when tennis after the Tennessee game, so one and four, like, when is Sam Howell going to play at this point because the season is cooked? Like, having those type of conversations, right? Um, and you need at least four exposures of Sam Howell before you can make a decision. Having one game doesn't really make or break anything related to Sam, but what it does do is give you an indication of, um, where his development has been to this point in the season. And I think that's the ultimate key thing. I don't think you have to draw conclusions. I don't think you need to draw conclusions on uh, Sam Howe after one game. And and that's ultimately kind of the thing that gets the fan base in trouble a lot is trying to convince yourself and trying to convince others that there is no need to continue searching because the op- the answer is right here. I think we all should have learned that with Taylor Heineke after the game against the Buccaneers. Um, I think you need to know that there is so much more that goes into it. There's so much evaluation that that doesn't get captured in one game that you have to figure out uh, the the strengths and weaknesses and how you can further uh, embody uh, a Sam Howe in the, the certain type of offense. Now, second thing um, – is a serious conversation about Scott Turner. Uh, do you even trust Scott Turner to get the job done with Sam Howe and to develop Sam Howe and, and to, to, to make an offense tailored around Howe? There was a report this weekend on Saturday that came out 
in which there were nine commanders, um, not stated whether they were players or staff members or anything like that. But uh, the safest word, Sam, uh, Sam Forty published this report on the Washington Post and that there were people complaining about the offense. Um, so I'm put it on uh, his inability to develop or, or work a, a playbook to or game plan around Carson Wentz strengths, which made Carson look bad. Some uh, highlighted his play calling overall, which really hurt them in, in key games. I urge you all to read it if you can. Um, but ultimately, when you have nine people on the record for calling out Scott Turner and complaining about Scott Turner, there needs to be a serious discussion on he whether or not he needs to be around in Washington in 2023. When you look at this game against the, the Washington Commanders, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, excuse me, um, I know Ron Rivera had said, or maybe it will Scott Turner this week. I can't remember who said it. Um, but they expect to they expect to to cater to how strengths. Um, at the end of the day, it, it there was some RPO in there, right? Um, but remember, like there wasn't much difference. <laughs> I didn't see much of a difference, like from the obvious, from the naked eye standpoint, that told me this offense looked any different than what um Taylor Heineke was running or what Carson Wentz was running. I didn't see any difference. Um, I still saw an offense who put up uh, – I mean, they put up 26. Congratulations to them. They should have put up 33 at, at the bare minimum. They didn't have uh, Joey Sly responsible for seven points off the board for the commanders, which was ugly, an ugly way to finish the season for uh, Joey Sly. Um, I, I, don't see it, I don't see a team that really um, looked any different under Sam and looked like it really catered to Sam's strengths. Again, naked eye, right? There will be more time down the line to kind of have that conversation and figure things out after you watch the tape uh, for Sam Howe um, and, and evaluate his 19 passes and um, and things like that. But ultimately, uh, I that report that comes out, gonna be some, there's going to be some more conversations surrounding it, um, especially on our side, on Hogs Haven. Um, but if there's one thing that you can look at in terms of what can be made after the season is over. Um, it's discussing Scott Turner's future here in Washington and whether or not he needs to be here in 2023. Um, yes, he's under contract for two more years. Um, and yes, that is a Rivera guy, but Sam Mills, the third got fired for less in August. Um, Yes, there were reports and rumors about players on the defensive line not being happy with Sam Mills. Um, and there was one name put put out there in my Ioannidis um, a year or two ago that they he didn't like it here in Washington. He damn near requested a trade. Um, what was published by Sam, Sam Fortier on Saturday, um, Sam Mills, the scrutiny on Sam Mills, uh, from a public standpoint, didn't even touch, didn't even come close to what happened to Scott Turner. And, and that's where I think that this is a little bit more um, glaring and, and should really be a layup of a decision for Ron Rivera if the same rules apply to Turner that it did to Sam Mills. Um, if you aren't getting the job done, and if you had conversations with Scott Turner or trying to you know, do X, Y, Z, and he strays away from it. And now you have reports on players 
having these conversations um, to reporters and, and, and putting it out anon anonymously, right? You need to really have a discussion with yourself about next steps for the offensive coordinator spot. Um, let's see. I don't know if Rivera has said anything about, um, hmm. so Rivera, I'm looking, I'm scrolling through some of the, the responses. I mean, some of the quotes from, uh, post game players, coaches, uh, Sam, Howell will definitely be a quarterback next year, but I won't give you a number at this point per Ron Rivera and his presser. Um, Let's see if he had spoke on the offensive coordinator position in the report that come that came out. Um, I don't see anything yet. Um, nope, nope, nope. Not even a mention of the report. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's, I think that's, I think that's it. Um, and I'm sure the conversation would ultimately come about in terms of Scott Turner, right. Um, this week and we'll have further conversations about it. So, um, let's go ahead and keep things, uh, short and sweet on this post game episode right now. Um, a lot of Sam Hall, Sam Howell talk good. Um, there was some bad obviously throughout the game, but uh, very encouraging to see that, after 17 weeks, um, there was some some clear signs of growth in in his one showing um, against one of the teams that uh, uh, people surrounding the commanders, fans, reporters, analysts uh, were concerned about and his ability to to really make things shake as a quarterback. So that's going to wrap it up for us today. Uh, we'll be at, back throughout the week. Um, I don't know the full schedule yet in the offseason, now that the offseason is here, um, but we will be around for sure throughout the week, um, a couple episodes um, at least. So we'll figure the, the schedule out per se. Um, but yeah, that'll wrap it up for us. Stay safe. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your night, whatever, whenever you're listening. <laughs> Peace.